Two stories that will not make the top five stories of the day quickly. One, I don't know what's going on here. I, I always love myself a good old-fashioned small-town controversy. And somehow this ended up in my timeline today from Michael Swisher, who is the managing editor of the Kingfisher Times and Free Press. And you cover a lot of high school, so I don't, have you have you done an Okarchi game before? Man, we've I think we've been at Okarchi for maybe a uh, playoff spot. Okarchi was the hometown of Drew Crittenbrink. Huh. I believe so. Is that right? Drew's dad is a rock star. Uh, and also, um, gosh, there, why, why am I blanking on what else is in Okarchi? Anyway. But there's a little drop. Thank you. Gosh, my goodness. We haven't been in Was so long. Was just there last weekend. Were you really? Yeah, me and my yeah, me and my fiance went. I think I'm gonna go to I think we're going to Aishins tonight now. That's just a decision. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Some good fried chicken. I'm gonna ask because I know I've got a lot of things going on and I, I'm supposed to Oh, there's a happy hour at the ranch tonight. Oh man. Anyway, so here's the story if I can finally get to it. Former Okarchi coach Larry Black, uh, Larry Black is taking over the program after their entire coaching staff resigned yesterday, including Haley Mitchell, Kaylee Uliam, and Sky Tilly. Mitchell read her resignation letter to the Board of Education, saying, quote, the last thing I'd ever want to do is leave the girls I coach and absolutely love in the middle of the season. Now, this is where I pause just a moment. They're playing games. The season is going on right now. Oh, uh, so this is girls girls basketball. You said right. What did I say? Did I say something? Oh, wrong? I'm not sure. But okay. yeah, girls basketball. Okay, good, good. It's girls basketball. Okay. It's happening right now. Man. Right now, the season is going on right now. However, when threats have been made to destroy the reputation and lives of my family, coaching staff, and myself, I believe there's no other choice. The intentions the coaching staff had for this program are clearly not being seen, and therefore we cannot pursue our jobs. Wow. Whoa. So they have no coaching staff right now to – Michael uh, – Larry Black took over. Larry so he's going to step in. Yeah, he's going to okay. step in. But that is – that is wild. Yeah, you don't see that. You don't see that in the middle of the season, and no. then also – to where she's basically saying that she's being threatened. Threatened. Um, but there, I found that to be a fascinating story. I cannot wait to read Michael Swisher's recap of what happened. Um, and then the other story that didn't make the top five stories of the day was the breakdown of Shohei Otani's contract. Because if I understand this right, in his $700 million deal, where we've all made jokes about, oh, you're going to make you gonna make seven, $70 million annually. Blah, it's going to be more than blah, the, the salary cap of the Mariners and all these different things, or the salaries of the Mariners. Um, he'll, on, he'll only make $2 million annually over the next 10 years. And then, at the age of 40, the Dodgers will do the Bobby Bonilla and start making $680 million in payments? It's just crazy. I mean, what? 
I thought I read something where he's getting like six hundred and sixty mil just given money. I don't. I maybe I read maybe his, I read something wrong. His two million dollar salary would make him the seventeenth highest paid player on the Dodgers, and he'll earn less than retired players like Chris Davis, Ken Griffey Jr., and even Manny Ramirez. But Otani is treating it like it's a 10-year, $460 million deal from an accounting perspective and leaving hundreds of millions on the table for a net present value perspective. There's too many words in this, but (laughs) he's set to be paid out $680 million over 10 years when he turns 40. Wow. Wow. That's um, that's actually really smart because of probably the tax rate in L.A. <laughs> well, yeah, in California, LA. I guess I yeah, should in LA. say. But yeah, Okay, so there's the two stories that didn't make it. Are you ready, Connor Passby, for the top five stories of the day? Let's hear it. All right, let's hear it. It's time. Brought to you by Newcastle. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's All right. Go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, 14 table games, membership values at newcastlecasino.com. Check it out today, Newcastle Casino, big story number five. Number five. Vote, 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 vote. Vote yes. I want to see the arena built. I want to see the thunder and great concerts continue to come to Oklahoma City. But vote, regardless. Polls open in Oklahoma City and beyond. Here's what we are trying to figure out. Will the city of Oklahoma City pass a bill that would, I guess in the end, cost about, what, $900 million for the new arena and then the taxpayer money that would go towards it would be a whopping 90% of the money. But but let's go ahead and take a moment to think about a couple of things. The approval is a six-year, 1% sales tax that would help fund construction and building a new arena or potentially lead to the Thunder movie. Now, I think that there is a lot of civic pride when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But there's also been a really, really good job by those very loud anti-voices for this new tax. Would you agree? I, mean, I agree. Yeah, they've, they've done a good job. But under the plan, the new arena would cost at least $900 million, with the Thunder owners chipping in 5%, and another $70 million would be coming from a previous approved ta- sales tax. The team would also agree to stay in the city for 25 years in the new arena. And I, I saw this off the, I don't usually do this, and I feel like I've done it in at least the last five top five stories of the day. But there was a there was a really, really good point from the 405 on this. And I feel like I feel like that um I feel like that this is what you're hearing from a lot of those Anti-sales tax people, people like like I'm judging you or something. You can have your opinion. I don't care. I just want the thunder here. 
Just an FYI, throughout the history of, nego- of negotiations, they write, one side always says we won't budge, hoping the other side folds. We should stop being so simple-minded with only looking at the fact that we like the thunder and are scared of their threats. The mostly minimum wage people the thunder employ can't afford to, the go- to go to the place that, quote, makes our economy thrive. We deserve a better deal, and leaders will fight for it. Here's one. As an OKC voter, I have some additional questions on the arena. I would like to know what we will do with the current arena. I would also like to see the documentation on what is being signed by whom that guarantees the Thunder stay here. And then Shark writes, I'm voting no, so I don't have to listen to Matt Pinto Beans constantly grinch about officiating on broadcasts. (laughs) Just kidding. I cast my yes ballot. That's the thing. Uh, if this goes through, what happens to the paycom? What do we turn that yeah, into? Yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny because I don't even think about things like that. Everyone that, whenever the Love's Field was being built, everyone's like, "What's going to happen to Marita Hines?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. We're going to be playing the Love's Field. I, it's going to be a field or over, or they'll build a parking garage there. I don't know." But in a lot of ways, that's going to be some prime real estate, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's going to be some prime real estate. But yeah, I um, I am so intrigued to follow this tonight. So that's the thing. Do they keep track of? Do they do they keep the votes? Like, can you watch it somewhere? Oh, I'm sure that if if it's a voting, I don't know what all we're voting on tonight. I don't know what I don't know if there's any other uh, battles that are taking place because or this is a solo dolo on the ballot kind of a thing, like they did with weed a while back. Whenever you walk in and there's just one thing on the ballot, you know it's probably doomed to fail, just saying. But I um, I hope it passes, man. I think it would be really good for this city. I think it's more than just a basketball arena. It's going to be an event center. It's going to grow more opportunities for people to see great events in this awesome state and a downtown area that is just really awesome and continues to grow. And I think you know, vision and planning and the thunder have been a major, major reason why. And downtown Oklahoma City ballpark. Doesn't hurt either. All right, quick, uh, quick, let's get to big story number four. Number four. I will say, though, I do feel like we've talked more than I ever could have possibly imagined about this today. Because people have takes, and I completely and totally understand. All right, um, big story number four is we have a little college basketball buzz now. If you missed it, and again, everything happened right as soon as this show went off the air yesterday, which sucked, but Oklahoma moved up to number 11 in the AP poll. That was an advancement of eight slots. They are now 9-0 in advance of their game this weekend against Green Bay at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. on Saturday night. Better than 6 p.m. I agree. Uh, They were also up 10 spots to number 12 in the coaches' poll. As far as Power 5 undefeated teams, they're not the lowest-ranked Power 5 undefeated. Ole Miss checked in at 25, but they have a much better, I guess, net kind of how that's going to be viewed going forward for Oklahoma Hoops. 9-0, and moved up eight spots in the AP poll, 10 spot in the coaches' poll. As the kids would like to say, they're cooking. I think they're going to be much better than the preseason project projection of 12, wasn't it, in the Big 12? Yeah, 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 12 out of 14 They're going to be teams. much better than that. Porter has a solid team this year. I was driving in listening to Toby and TJ this morning, and someone had texted and asked, 
do you think you think this is a top four team in the Big Twelve, and this this is our best team since Buddy? I mean, guys, that team with Trey Young was cooking, and that was a really good roster. Everyone looks back now and it's like, oh yeah, well they just well yeah, but through like. 15, 20 games? We thought they were awesome and no one would there was a Trey Young watch on ESPN yeah. for goodness sakes. But I feel like this is a this is a good defensive basketball team. This is the most gonna com- make them good. Well, I think I think this is the most complete team that we've seen since Buddy. You had Trey Young really doing everything and mixed in with Brady Manick, but man, you got so many playmakers on the floor that can go score the ball. Mm. Um one other college basketball note. Is Juwan Howard what what's going on with Juwan Howard? You know what? Michigan? I, I, I had a Juwan Howard note. I was saving it for final thoughts. I guess it's not going well. Because anytime I see Dave Portnoy in ignoring something and talking about football, I know that things aren't going well in basketball. But the saga that I've been following is the Naquan Treadwell saga. Um he was dismissed from the Wildcats program last week. Kansas State Wildcats program. And committed to Memphis yesterday. He entered the portal, and as you might imagine, absolute rock star. Great player. But he was suspended indefinitely in late October after being arrested and accused of disorderly conduct, brawling, or fighting at Tubby's Sports Bar in Manhattan. Last weekend, Kansas State Athletic Director Gene Taylor announced that Tomlin had been dismissed from the team, while University President Richard Linton followed up Friday saying the decision was not made solely due to an incident at a bar in Aggieville. There is a lot of drama around this. Now, I don't know how deep you guys have dug into it, but there are accusations that the president wanted him gone and that this went against what both the head coach and the athletic director wanted to have happen. But I guess Memphis didn't have as big of a problem with it as Kansas State did, and I guess there must have been other issues there. I follow uh, uh, Fitz, Tim, I think it's Tim Fitzgerald, Life of Fitz on Twitter, mm-hmm. the Kansas State guy, and he is – Oh, I mean – Usually with the rivals on three, 24-7 sports, Brainiacs, whomever I'm missing, they usually play nice. Not saying that they are, you know, necessarily mouthpieces because they're not for the university, but they are they play nice with the university. Bro, he dropped a hammer on Kansas State this past week, claiming that this was not as big of a deal, that they're making more of it, and he basically, the president had made his bed and was too stubborn to change his mind. Some think that it involved a friend of the president's kids that was beat up in this incident. I, I In the end, we don't have to worry about Naquan I didn't Tomlin. See, I didn't see him transfer to Memphis. That, hap- that happened yesterday? Yeah, committed to him yesterday. So he's got to wait, obviously, for the year to end. He's got to wait, I think, until semester. Okay. Yeah, he's expected to graduate later this week and should be able to play for Memphis after being admitted to the school, so he doesn't have to wait. How about that? He's going to graduate, and he can just go play right away. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. I've seen it usually at the end of a semester, but he's expected to join the team later this week and should be eligible for Memphis shortly after being admitted to the school. Wild. All right, got bogged down there. Big story number three. Number three. Two really good games in the National Football League last night. And I was very much anti, very much anti, two games at the same time on Monday Night Football. But it worked out. Um, Let's start with the new legend of the New York Giants, Tommy DeVito, which I'm not going to lie to you, 
uh, after having watched the Giants play earlier this year, I didn't think there was a chance and seeing Tommy DeVito play. I think it was against the Raiders. Um, it was so terrible. He was so terrible. But they found something now in the New York metro area, and that's three straight wins for the Giants. Led a game-winning drive last night. And how about before the game? Was that his agent on the field that was kind of stealing the show uh, right before the game started? Yes, it was his agent. And and his <laughs> his agent, I guess, also blew up on Twitter last night. So, yeah. Here's what the final call sounded like, courtesy of the Westwood One Radio Network of the Tommy DeVito comeback. Snap is good. Kick on its way. End over end, and it is good! And the Giants have beaten the Packers 24-22. What a win by the Giants. The DeVito family going crazy. Kansas City may have Taylor Swift, but Jersey and New York will take the DeVitos any day. Manja! Yep. What a call. I love it. I love that family, though, man. Every time they, they always get the spotlight, got the camera right on them during the game. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback look as terrible as he did in his first two games look serviceable like he has in the last few. Yeah, he was horrible. He start was, the season. And, and now, all of a sudden, he's pretty good. He, he was their third-string emergency quarterback, and now he's won three straight for him. Unbelievable. That is, a, what, suddenly a 5-8 and eight football team? Unbelievable. All right, um, the other game from last night, Titans and Dolphins. And it looked like it looked like it was lights out for the Tennessee Titans. Now they face a second and three from the five. They hand it to Mostert inside touchdown. Mostert got another one. What a nice pitch outside. Lead blocker. Easy touchdown for the Miami Dolphins. So that made it 27-13. The Titans couldn't have been more miserable. They botched a punt at the five-yard line. Right, maybe it was the 10. And then literally as soon as Miami scored a touchdown, they turned it over on a fumble by Derrick Henry. Yeah, it was like a pitch by Wolf. Yeah, it was, it was, like pitched it behind him. And I guess, I don't know, I guess that's all that Tennessee needed to wake up. First and goal at the two. Levis looks, 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 pumps, steps up, looks, throws, caught, touchdown, tight, DeAndre Hopkins. No, 2.40 remaining, this ain't over. You know what? They went for two and got it. I hate this. I hate when teams do that. But guess what? It worked. Because Tennessee got the football back and went right down the field. They're at the three and a half. Second down. Give Henry. Turning the left side. Diving. Touchdown, Tyco! Derrick Henry has knotted the count with 149 to go. Extra point was good. But Miami still had some clock to work with. And the resilient Titans beat the team that everyone thought might put up 70 again tonight. They didn't. They put up (laughs) 27, and it was their defense that did it, and it was not enough. Final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Tennessee 28, Miami 27. What was the stat? I think it was the first win for a team that was down 14. Yeah, previously 0 for uh, like 757. (laughs) It snapped a three-game losing streak. 
for oh, – I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It snapped a three-game winning streak for Miami. It was their first loss at home. And the best record in the AFC currently belongs to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, here's the stat. It was the first win by a team down 14 with under three minutes left since 2016. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Um, it couldn't have gone worse and then get so much better for the Titans. The botch punt, and then I think it was literally like one play later. I mean, Will Levis fumbled the ball, pitched it behind Derrick Henry. Just like that, the Dolphins go up 14 nothing. Mm. That was a terrible play on the punt, too, by the way. Because it took a bounce, and I don't know, the guy tried to – I don't know if he was trying to make a play on it or what or thought it might have hit a Dolphin player. Yeah, he wasn't even trying to catch. He just got in the way for some and, reason. And then when he re- after he he grabbed it, he just looked at the other guy, and I'm like, what's going on here? Titans 28, Dolphins 27. Dolphins fall to 9-4 and four on the season. And then in that other game, Tommy DeVito and the Giants win 24-22 over the Packers. All right, big story number two. Number two. Well, I turn to my man Hayes Fawcett for some news this morning on the portal. I think we're on about day three of someone telling us that we're going to get a lot of quarterback movement. Well, we got one today. Riley Leonard has committed to Notre Dame. This is uh, no surprise. Leonard, as soon as he entered the portal, allegedly or reportedly had a no contact, and he decided to go ahead and make it official, committing to Notre Dame. Got hurt last year. Gosh, who knows what Duke might have been able to do. 4,450 yards, 24 touchdowns. And rushed. Wait, is that right? Rushed for over 1,200 yards and 19 scores combined in his three years at Duke. And when I first looked at it, I was like, he threw for 4,000 yards in a season? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, if you want to talk about quarterback drama, Dominic Raiola, the number one recruit in the country, well, there, there is, I don't think there is quite the arch and on with uh, Dylan Raiola. But he's going to set up an official visit to Nebraska. After having been committed to Georgia, meanwhile Nebraska is also hosting the Ohio State transfer quarterback, whose name for some reason just absolutely positively escaped my mind. <laughs> but it's a busy time whenever it comes to portal entries. Kyle McCord, thank you, Kyle McCord. It's a busy time for portal entries for the Nebraska quarterback situation. I guess Matt Rule got his $2 million that he needed to get a quarterback. I think he did, to throw some money and get a guy in. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Well, it's obviously the countdown to the Alamo Bowl. OU and Danny Stutzman are back together after telling Brent Venables he was going to leave. Stutzman had a change of heart. Steve Stutzman came on with Steelman and Thune yesterday. We'll play a little bit of what he had to say. And tonight we get our first player. Actually, this afternoon we get some player availability. So we'll start hearing maybe from Danny Stutzman a little bit later on today. But we're counting down to the Alamo Bowl, celebrating the Sooners actually getting some wins out of players in their pro decision. Andrew Raymond, Tyler Guyton have already turned pro. And speaking of Tyler Guyton, he was the only first-round pick for the Sooners in Matt Miller's projection. They had him going. This blew me away. Um... 14th, he had him going like in the top 20 of the first round. 
Yeah, I didn't expect him to be that high. I was kind of thinking maybe later second round, but to see him, man, top 20 in the first yeah, round. Yeah, here it is. 15th overall pick to the Rams. 15th overall pick is a projection for Tyler Guyton. But the good news is, the good news is, Stutzman is coming back. We'll hear from Steve Stutzman next on The Ref. Well, looky here. Looky here. Breaking news. Who's our uh, Who's our breaking news sponsor? Of all the uh, 800 liner cards I have in here, I don't see my. Let's see here. Filling up the Wagner's stat blank. sheet. The rush. Wagner's. Um, Dion Burks has committed to Oklahoma. So the wide receiver room for 2024 has added the Purdue wide receiver. He becomes the third player to join the Sooners via the portal. Wow, this is a lot. So that is a transfer portal update, and that is a breaking news update. Got a lot of sponsor reads to tag onto that one. Do you have that booklet in there? Let me search. Search there. See, I want to make sure I give. Let's see. That's Toby's phone line text line studio. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Transfer portal news is brought to you by Swift Co. Roofing. Call Brent Swift at 405-831-8222. And breaking news from Wagner's Heating and Air Conditioning. uh, The best service and service the rest. Okay. It's in the front of the binder. All right, here we go. Um, the interesting thing about the addition of Dion Burks is I didn't think he was going to be the receiver the Sooners got. I, and again, I have no reason to think any other way, but I thought when the Macklin kid jumped in the portal and knowing he was a North Texas guy, I thought that was, I thought that was it. Um, it's interesting because I think he's a rock star. Speed, big play. Um, you're talking about a guy statistically who doesn't, yeah, didn't have a thousand yard season, but in his 30 games, he started 13 of them, 804 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, in his career, 629 of those last season, seven of his 10 touchdowns. But it's a big get for Oklahoma out of the portal. And Emmett Jones continues to be um, absolutely rocking whenever it comes to this. Very productive wide receiver. You already got a wide receiver room that's kind of deep with some talented young players. But, man, if you had someone like this right here for Burks, who's got over 600 yards at Purdue this year. Um. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's a big get for Oklahoma. Kudos to the great Hayes Fawcett and another and another app. All right, another ad. What do they call those things that he just did? His edit that he did for him. Looks yeah, nice edit. I don't know much about uh, Dion Burks outside of the stats. Uh, he was considered the number three wide receiver in the portal. He had he had visited Texas, or at least was scheduled to visit Texas. And looks like Oklahoma got the got the commitment. Three star recruit out of Bellevue, Michigan, was in the class of twenty one. 
Um, now you look at that 24 wide receiver room for Oklahoma. Not too shabby, huh? Yeah. And, is, is Drake Stoops really the only one you're losing out of that wide receiver room? Andrew Anthony, we think, is going to be back, right? Now you add Deion Burks to it. Uh, Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, another year. I, I'm a big believer in Jaquez Petaway, and I think that they, that they are too at the University of Oklahoma. It's just for him this year, it, I think it was more of a numbers thing because they dialed up some stuff for him early in the season. You add in that the class of 24, the receivers that Emmett Jones has already gotten commitments from that will sign here in a couple weeks. Uh, dude, that's that's solid. Now, I wonder if they're done. I wonder if they're done in the portal. You know, how many more – was this a situation whenever Deion Burks came in? It was, hey, you've uh, we've got X, Y, and Z guy coming in. you got to make your decision. I don't know how that works. But let me see. Here's here's the people that I have that, at least under my understanding, will be back next year for Oklahoma in that receiver room that you would consider contributors. Um, Gavin Freeman, Jaquez Petaway, Brennan Thompson, J.J. Hester, Andrell Anthony, Nick Anderson. Do we know about Jalil Farouk yet? He has a decision to make. He's got another year of eligibility. Jaden Gibson. And now, did I mention Deion Burks already? Yeah, that's a good room. That's not a bad room. That's not a bad room at all. And then you look at the recruiting class that's coming in for Oklahoma. Let me see. Where's my commitment list? The uh, the wide receivers, and you know, I, I don't know how many wide receivers you want on a roster, but there's four in this class including Zion Kearney, the four-star out of Missouri City, Texas, Ivan Cameron out of Odessa, Zion Reagans out of Gray, California, and Franklin uh, Franklinton's, Louisiana's Kelly Daniels, three-star, 5'10", 151. Like Loco Ohio says, those are some good weapons for <laughs> Jackson Arnold. Yeah, it's good weapons. It's good weapons. I'll be, I'll be curious to see how different – they're used in a unique offense. Sugar Shane brings up a good point, too. Doubt we hear from Farouk until after the bowl game. And remember, the Alamo Bowl was – that was where Jalil Farouk really had his breakout. I don't know how NFL scouts view Farouk. I know there's a little bit of an injury history there. But I also think, even though he had the fumble against Oklahoma State, I think he reminds a lot of people of a Debo Samuel-type guy where he can do a little bit of everything. So maybe – you know, maybe there's a chance he could be a day late day two, early day three pick. But can he come back and do they say you improve on these things and that, that stock can rise? I don't know. And and I don't know too if numbers wise what that looks like for him coming back either. And I don't mean stats, I just mean as far as that room is concerned. Because yeah, that seems like a pretty loaded room <laughs> room right now. Well, we already talked about how good some of these younger receivers are and the you know, length that they have, especially Nate or excuse me, Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson. And they had a guy like this, five ten, five eleven, a guy with some speed. And we just talked about the recruiting class that you are already bringing in uh, for the wide receivers. And it looks like, and it looks like, Deion Burks has two more years of eligibility left, right? So you get a couple of years with him. 
All right, uh, so there it is. A little breaking news brought to you by Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. We sell the best and service the rest. And it comes from a transfer portal update, courtesy of Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Oklahoma has added its third edition from the transfer portal in Dion Burks. Dion Burks has committed to Oklahoma. So that is in the three additions the Sooners have had from the transfer portal. That's offensive line slash right tackle, defensive secondary, corner safety, and now wide receiver. And Spencer Brown, Des Malone, and Dion Burks. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network with Connor Pasby. I'm Chris Plank. All right, do you want to um, – I promised one thing we didn't get to, and that was the Steve Stutzman take on Danny's decision. Let me just play it here real quick. And Kudos to, to Parker and Mike Steely for getting this yesterday, and thanks to Steve for coming on. But since now that kind of got pushed – Back last segment, Deion Burks committing to Oklahoma. And by the way, you can hear this whole interview currently on the KREF app or uh, on our podcast page. Here was what went into the process of getting decisions or making a decision, getting information, and Danny reversing course. This wasn't a hoax. Uh, it's just it's just a matter of getting information, uh, trusting information, and then making a decision and. You know, it's a couple of things, and it just came down to he made a decision with his heart and uh, can't put a dollar sign on what that is. So, you know, he uh, he got a more than favorable uh, draft grade. Um, he was ready to go. You know, we, we had the – he didn't get bombarded by agents. He wasn't pulled around being told different things. He had all the correct information from Oklahoma, all the contacts I have, NFL, and, and – uh, and uh, with the agency that we deal with, one of the top top agencies in the NFL. So he had all the correct information. And at the end of the day, man, it's just uh, he didn't want to be at a camp somewhere thinking that, hey, man, I wish I could go back. I, what did I do? I didn't, it didn't want any buyer's remorse. And I told him, you have one ounce of, of uh, I, I want to be there and, and, and finish this and, and, and be with my, you know, do this for my teammates and my coaches and fans. That's awesome. Then you, uh, and no one, I repeat, no one is going to fault you either way. Uh, but uh, you can't go back. You can go back to the NFL. You can always go to the NFL, but you can't go back to college. So, yeah, good you know, point. This time next year, he won't have to make that decision. Um, that decision is already made. That was a, it's life. It's life changing. There's a fork in the road. He had to choose a fork. Next year, there's no fork. He just goes down the path. The path just turns into the NFL. So, I'm happy for him. Uh, I know it's a relief. It's killing him. Um, you know, now he's he'll be at practice, and uh, you know, we're we're on to San Antonio. I'm the. I didn't catch that. We're on to San Antonio. Well done, Steve. I I'd be curious to know how this all played out. I would. I'd I'd love to. I'd love to get some truth serum in this bad boy, and just not that Steve's lying to us by any stretch of the imagination, but into Danny to be like, okay, well, when you said you were going, what? Was it a bad day? Was it? I mean, what 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 led to you saying I'm out, and then what led to you changing your mind? I think I think Steve Stutzman explained it brilliantly there, but I also I'd love to hear from Danny too on it. Yeah, what what changed 
during that process. Yeah, but exactly. I, I love that quote. You can always go to the NFL, but you cannot go back to college. Final thoughts next with the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet and your great takes right here on the Home Sooner Fan. Stick around. Uh, here's uh, the final thoughts brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. PrimroseFuneralServices.com. Pre-plan your memorial. Make it easy during difficult times on your families. Call them today, 405-321-6000. 80 years of service. Great people. PrimroseFuneralService.com. To the Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line. On the vote today, which we are uh, unabashed believers that you should vote yes. From the 580. So the Thunder owners are chipping in on an arena they don't even own and commit to leasing it for 27 years? What's the problem? Ohio Sooners, if these no-voters get their way, they can't then complain when there are no longer viable entertainment options and they have to drive 100 miles the next major city over because that's exactly what will happen. Or up up the turnpike to Tulsa. Um, Bring back arena football at the Paycom after the new Thunderdome is built. (laughs) And then uh, three other quick ones here on that. KG and Piedmont writes, I'm not really an NBA fan, but we need the Thunder. It's good for us. However, it feels like the owners are taking advantage of Oklahoma because we stand to lose much more by them leaving OKC than any other major city who had more of an advantage and they are betting on us footing the bill or else just my two Lincolns. Um, I mean, they're, they're probably gone to another city that will foot the whole bill. And I know, again, that's where my struggles have come in this because a lot of the no-voters don't care, right? It's like, so what, bye. Not going to affect me any. And that's, that's where you know, I, I want to hear it and I want to help you, but I just think you see it and make up your mind and I'm not going to change your opinion. But it's a, it's a fair point, KG and Piedmont. And Dan and Madison writes, as an Oklahoman who lives in Mississippi – I come back every few years and am impressed by the overall change in OKC. Was it the Thunder? I don't know. But OKC has changed for the better. Dan and Madison. Yeah, OKC was changing before the Thunder got here. And that's it's amazing what they've what this city has become and how then with the Thunder and the Thunder success, winning matters. Scissortel Park, you know, new new hotels, Bricktown growing, right? It's amazing. Oh, in the five eight zero, people don't realize how the thunder, how the how, gosh, can I read? People don't realize how we got the thunder. Seattle wouldn't build an arena, so they left. Look at the Oakland A's; it can happen to any city that doesn't support them. I was about to say you just saw that with the Athletics. Yeah, I just i i don't. I'm having a hard time understanding why you would look at this and say no. But I'm trying to educate myself on your frustrations and not just say, stop it, crazy people. Um, from the nine, from 9188, I texted you all yesterday that Stutz was coming back. I just thought on his pod that he was telling the truth. Uh, from the two one, uh, from the 918, I sent a text on December 1st, 100% guarantee he was coming back. Then you guys were all saying he was going to go. Get over it, blah, blah, blah. Here Listen, they come. No, no, no. I, I, wanna, I just want to point out. I just want to point out, um, I was protecting you because I was pretty sure he was turning pro. 
and I didn't want to see the backlash that I knew a majority of you would probably have. So I'm helping you is what <laughs> I'm, I was helping you and I'm glad he's back. I don't know why we have to fight over everything. I think it's okay every now and then to just say, huh, that's great. He changed his mind. I'm really happy about that. And then Bill from Tahlequah. Just caught the tail end of your bowl slash portal comments earlier. And I believe you, when you let te- and, and by the way, when you let teams that win half of their games and create bowls for them, you really water down the interest in the bowls and therefore interest is lost. Yeah, I've been trying to pinpoint that moment where bowls just stopped mattering. And I think it was whenever we had too many of them. I think it was whenever it became, oh, you got six wins? Uh, go to a bowl. Oh, ESPN needs some content? Welcome to the Poland Weed Eaters Bowl. Welcome to the Bahamas Bowl. Five and 17, we need to put a team in there. Let's yeah. go. All right, big breaking news during the Plank Show today. Dion Burks is on his way to Oklahoma, the wide receiver out of Purdue. Steelman and Thune at noon are coming up next. They'll have all the details on what this means for a crowded room. You know, I I was looking at what uh, George had wrote, written, tweeted, whatever, and they just they had they had Jalil Farouk in that mix. So I, to me personally, I uh, I'm a believer that you know maybe it's it's not a question if he's coming back or not. Maybe it's like a slam dunk done deal that he is. Don't know. But I sure would love that for the Oklahoma offense in 2024. All right, y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with more Portal and hopefully the celebration of a new arena coming to our state and Oklahoma City right here on the Home of Sooner Fan.